0: And now, Revival Fires International presents the Revival Fires Radio Broadcast with the dynamic evangelistic ministry of Dr. Tim Todd, a powerful voice for God and country.
1: There are many people that are on the road to hell who think they're on the road to heaven. There are many people who are lost who think they're saved.
2: Welcome to this very special New Year's edition of the Revival Fires Radio Broadcast. As we close the door on the year 2019 Be assured that the Lord has great things ahead As we embark upon the year 2020 Not only are we stepping into a new year But we are also seeing a new decade begin It is definitely an exciting and prophetic time to be alive Speaking of time Today's message from Dr. Tim Todd Will remind us of a specific time that is coming soon The Return of Christ. The Bible says that no man knows the hour or the day of the return of the Lord, but the Bible does give us indicators of the season that the Lord will return. Today, Dr. Tim Todd will pose a very powerful question to all of us. And let's turn our attention right now to this timely message entitled, What Will You Do If You Are Left Behind?
1: Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 42. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. I want to focus the spotlight of your attention this morning on verses 40 and 41. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. My question to you and the theme of the message that God has laid burning in my heart for the hour this morning is this. What will you do if you're the one who's left behind? What do you do if you're left behind when Jesus comes? Now there's a lot of awful things that can happen to you and me in this lifetime, And many of you have experienced some of these tragedies. Think about it. You can go through a hurricane or a flood or a tornado. You can go through a divorce or bankruptcy. You can lose your job. You can lose your best friend. You can have all kinds of health problems. You can have a stroke, a cancer, or a heart attack. You can lose a loved one to death. There are many things that can happen to you and me that cause tears and heartache, havoc, chaos, and trouble. But nothing that I can think of that can happen to you or me in this lifetime can compare to this. Being left behind when Jesus comes. Ponder that young man. Ponder that young girl. Think about it, mister. Think about it, lady. And get this. More people are going to be left behind than will be taken. That's hard for a lot of people to accept because the popular gospel in America goes like this. Almost everybody's going to heaven. God's a good God and he won't send you to hell. It is true that God is a good God. Amen? He's full of love and of mercy and of grace. But our good God does not send you to hell. You go by your own choice. You make your own decision. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, and I will prove to you, according to the word of God, most people are not going to heaven, but in fact, most people are going to hell. While you're turning there, I'll back it up in the Old Testament. You remember Lot and his two daughters were saved? All of Sodom and Gomorrah were lost. You remember Noah and his family of seven were saved? The entire world was lost. You remember Joshua and Caleb made it into the promised land? A church of three million people were left behind. Now look at Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter ye into the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, M-A-N-Y, say that word with me, many, say it again, Many, many there be that go in thereat. Most people are going to hell. Verse 14 says, but straight is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few. Few there be that find it. Few people are going to heaven. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, eternal death. There are many people that are on the road to hell who think they're on the road to heaven. There are many people who are lost who think they're saved. I was on my way home from a revival and I stopped to get gasoline and there was a man hanging out by the gas pump. So I started witnessing to him. I said, Sir, you think you'll go to heaven when you die? He said, well, of course I will. I said, why do you think you'll go to heaven? He scratched his head and he thought about that. And he said, well, he said, I pay my bills and I've got a lot of friends in this community that like me. Now, how would you like to try to get to heaven on that ticket? Because you pay your bills and you've got friends in the community. But this is the mentality of many people who think they're going to heaven because God's a good God and God's a merciful God. Now that all enters into it, but hear me this morning, you will be left behind unless you know the Lord Jesus. The fact that Jesus came the first time is proof that he's coming the second time. Nobody doubts that Jesus came the first time. In fact, there is more evidence that Jesus has walked on this earth than there is that George Washington or Abraham Lincoln walked on this earth. Nobody doubts that they came, but there's more evidence that Jesus has been here than there is that George Washington has been here. And the very date lines of history bend around the cradle of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, a baby was born that is so important, so extraordinary that we started marking time by his cradle. Now, there's never been a baby like that. Even atheists that don't believe in Jesus mark time by his cradle. Try to figure that one out. Because every time you sign a check and put the date on it, you are testifying to the fact that something happened back there about 2,000 years ago. Every time that you sign an important document and date it, every time that you celebrate your birthday, it all reverts back to a baby that was born that is more talked about and talk about him and the second coming than we do even the first coming. We say B.C., that means before Christ. A.D., after Christ, there's never been a baby that important. Let me tell you something, friend. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came the first time, he split the pages of history in two. And when he comes the second time, he's gonna split the eastern sky. What a day that will be. We ought to be just beside ourselves with the Lord's soon return. Listen, we are closer to the Lord's return right now than anyone has ever been. Nobody has been as close as we are right now. He said in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, he said, I will come again. Say those four words with me. I will come again and receive unto myself so that where I am... There you may be also. I believe he's going to come again like he said. Do you? I believe a trumpet's going to sound that's going to raise the dead. Oh, the Lord is coming. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. This powerful and familiar passage of scripture. It says, the Lord himself, I like that, shall descend from heaven with a shout. I know a lot of people that don't like shouting in church. Better get used to it, friend. The Bible says when Jesus comes, he's coming with a shout. And people say, well, I just don't think all that noise in church is necessary. And besides, it just kind of makes me nervous. Better get over it, friend. Doesn't make God nervous. The Bible says when Jesus comes, he's going to come with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we that are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, comfort one another with these words. Let me tell you something, friend. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came the first time, he split the pages of history in two. And when he comes the second time, he's going to split the eastern sky. What a day that will be. <laughs> How many of you sitting here, you've got a loved one that has passed away that you know they're in heaven? Thank God. All of us do. I'd love to be standing next to their grave when all this takes place, wouldn't you? I mean, some of these graves are going to look like freshly plowed ground when the Lord returns. Now, I don't know how it's all going to take place, neither do you, because you know that many people have died at the oceans and seas, many people that have been cremated and burned to death, and I don't know how God is going to bring all of their bodies back together, but I know this, God is God and he he can do anything he wants to. (laughs) There's a lot of other things I don't understand that I accept, appreciate, and enjoy. How about you? I don't understand electricity in these bright lights. I don't understand the concept of that, but guess what? I still flip the switch to turn the light on, I don't understand how television works. I don't understand how a TV camera can be in Los Angeles, California, or New York City, or halfway around the world. And for that TV camera to take a picture, go through the cord, into the air, bounce off of a satellite, come down, and go through your cable cord, and jump out in living color on your TV set. I don't understand how a black cow can eat green grass, give white milk, and yellow butter. I don't know. But I haven't quit eating the butter. I haven't quit drinking the milk. What am I saying? I'm saying we don't question electricity. We don't question television. We don't question the internet or the cow or the butter or the milk. So don't question God. Mark Twain said something that stuck with me. He said, it's not the things of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. He said, it's the things of the Bible that I do understand, that I do understand. Do in the Bible what you understand and God will help you the rest of it. I don't know how we're going to defy uh, gravity when the rapture takes place, but listen, church, I'm ready to go. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we go sweeping through the pearly white gates down the streets of gold? We're able to have the big parade, the big processional, and cry out glory to the Lamb for sinners slain from the foundations of the world. What an exciting time it's going to be, and Jesus is going to be right in the middle of it. There'll be no need of the light of the sun or the moon because Jesus is going to be the light Of heaven, brighter than the noonday sun is our Lord and Savior. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon His face and He saves me by His grace and He takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day! What a day that will be, my friend. There'll be no graves on the green hillsides of glory. There'll be no funeral trains in the sky. There'll be no crape on the doorknobs of glory because all is going to be happy in the sweet by and by. Think about it. No more electric bills. No more high gas prices. No more mortgage payments. No more sickness or disease. No more tears or goodbyes or farewells. No more bad grades in school, young person. No more changing of the temperature. But there's only one place where there's perfect weather, and that is in heaven where Jesus is the lamb for sinners slain from the foundations of the world. The Lord is coming. Now, when is he coming? A lot of people got discouraged. They said, oh, he should have come by now. But our text says, no man knows the day or the hour. But you know what God told you and I? He said, I'm going to give you signs and signals, the believer. He said, and when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You know what that means? That the coming of the Lord is not going to be unexpected for God's people, but it's going to catch the world by surprise. It's going to catch the world unaware. Most people are not ready for the Lord's return right now. In fact, many people, when you talk to them about the Lord's soon return, they'll scoff and mock and make fun of the fact that He's coming back at all. Have you noticed that? Did you know that's a sign that Jesus is ready to return? Because he said in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, that in the last days, there would be scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where's the promise of his coming? Most people are living as if the Lord were never going to return. Check up on yourself, Mr., lady, young person. What kind of a signal does your life send? But there are many people that are lovers of pleasure More than lovers of God. Now, what's going to happen to the nation of Israel before the Lord returns? It's described in three chapters in Ezekiel. I'm going to sum it up. Ezekiel 38, 37, 38, and 39. The Bible says that Israel will become a hunted and a hated nation, looked upon with suspicion, scattered into the four corners of the earth. But in the last days, that Israel would be restored as a nation in one day. And that the Jews would be drawn back to Israel from all over the world. Who could imagine a nation becoming a nation in one day. But as most of you know, it's already happened. May 15th, 1948, the United Nations brought Israel back in and gave them full nation status. And in just a matter of a few minutes, the British flag came down, the Israeli flag went right back up, and Israel was restored as a nation in one day. And when this happened, immediately... The the Jews began leaving their jobs, their careers, their professions from all over the world being drawn back to Israel. Why were they doing this? Some of them don't even know themselves why they were doing it. Think about this. Jews that don't believe Jesus came the first time have been doing things to fulfill Bible prophecy to usher in his coming the second time. What about the walls of communism coming down in Russia? And what about the door opening up now in Cuba? What about the door? What about the gospel going into all of the world through shortwave radio and by the way of internet and by television, especially through shortwave radio? Did you know that according to the word of God, this is a sign that Jesus is ready to return right now? Matthew 24, verse 14, here's what it says. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The gospel is going into all the world It's time for Jesus to return. Now, what's going to happen to those who are left behind? If you're left behind, this is what you have to look forward to. And my prayer is that this morning, every one of you listening to my voice that are not in right relationship with God, that you'll get your heart right with God so that you'll make the rapture. But if you don't make the rapture, this is what you have to look for. And I have heard people say, well, Brother Todd, whenever the rapture takes place, I know I'll have seven years to get my heart right with God. And so then I'll know what length of time I have. But listen, if you can't live for Jesus right now, how do you expect to die for him then? And I really don't believe it'll be that easy. What are you going to do if you get left behind? You realize that as a result of your example that some of your family members will be left behind too because they'll think that what you were doing was right and they were following what you did. They'll be left behind. What will you do if, if they put a gun to the, 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 to the head of your child and say, if you don't take the mark of the beast, I'm going to kill your child? Then what will you do? Why not just get your heart right with the Lord this morning and miss all of that? Amen? Here's what you have to look forward to if you're left behind. The Bible says the sun will be darkened in midday. The moon will turn to blood. The stars will fall out of the heavens. People will run to the hills and run to the mountains and they'll cry out for the rocks to crush them. The abomination of desolation. There's gonna be about seven years of it. But I'm convinced that... Pastor Denny, it's going to be a time where the earth is going to rock and reel and the judgments of God are going to be poured out and the people who made fun of God and laughed at God and scoffed at God on television, at the movie house, in magazines, the Hugh Hefner's, the Ted Turner's, the Bill Mars, and the Michael Moore's and everybody else who has shook their fist in God's face and made nothing more than a cuss word that people use. Every one of them are going to bow their knee to Jesus Christ, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. It's going to be a time where battles will be fought and blood will be shed that will come to the bridle bits of a horse. That's a lot of blood. Throughout history, listen, I've stood overlooking the Valley of Jezreel where the Battle of Armageddon is going to take place. And the Bible teaches us that the buzzards... The vultures are going to come out of the air and pluck the skin, the flesh, off of the dead bodies and the carcasses of those who've been killed in the Battle of Armageddon. Did you know that throughout the history of mankind, buzzards have consistently laid one egg and hatched one buzzard? But in the past several years, the buzzards have consistently been laying three and four eggs and hatching three and four buzzards, and they have been gathering over the valley of Jezreel in swarms. Those buzzards have more sense than most people because the buzzards are getting ready for the Lord's return. Reliable sources have informed me that the major newspapers around the world and up and down America are carrying what is called the second coming type. It's the largest typesetting ever engaged by a newspaper. It's more than two and a half inches tall. Secular newspapers are holding this typesetting in readiness for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine right now, secular newspapers in in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, Brussels, Belgium, London, England, here in America, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Dallas Morning News, Houston Chronicle, Atlanta Journal, several other papers. Can you imagine these newspapers carrying the big headlines? Christ comes again. The Lord returns I don't know about you, friend, but that is one newspaper I don't intend to stick around to read. Because when he comes, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the first Jesus jet out of here. Are you ready to be an astronaut for God? Are you ready for space travel? Are you ready to get on the rocket of the Rock of Ages? Are you ready to get on the space shuttle that won't blow up? He's ready to come. Are you ready to go? Let's see if you are. Who's going to be left behind? Four groups of people, as far as I can tell. First of all, those who know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Unto you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them, watch this, that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Those who know not God and obey not the gospel are not gonna make the rapture. If you love him, it's because you know him, and if you know him, you will obey his word. You know what that means? That your salvation has absolutely nothing to do with having your name in a church roll book here at Shreveport Community Church. Your salvation has everything to do with having an intimate marriage relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing him. And if you know him, you will obey him. Who else is going to be left behind? Hypocrites are not going to make the rapture. Matthew 23, 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, but when you have made him, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Now, what is a hypocrite? An individual that lives one way here at church, but then you live a different way outside of the church. At home, at school, at work. Let me put it this way. If you'll let me go home with you this afternoon and look in your refrigerator and look through your magazine rack, go to the internet sites that you go to, listen to the same music that you listen to and watch the same television programs and movies that you watch... I'll know whether or not you've really been born again or if you're just living a hypocritical life. Hypocrites are not going to make it to heaven. Who else is going to be left behind? This is frightening. Many religious leaders will not make it to heaven. Matthew 7, 21, 22, and 23 describes this group. It says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come unto me in that day and say, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils? Let's stop right there for just a moment. What group in the religious world prophesies and cast out devils in their churches and their services? With all due respect, uh, isn't it, isn't it the, the, the Pentecostals and Charismatics that do that? Have we not done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them... I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And I'm convinced there's gonna be a whole lot of Pentecostal and charismatic pew warmers and preachers that land their soul in hell, not because they did those things, but because they did not know Jesus and have an intimate relationship with him. I'm not saved because I'm a preacher. I'm saved because I have a savior and I know Jesus and I love him. Who else is gonna be left behind? One more group and I close. Lukewarm churchgoers are not going to heaven. Revelation chapter 3, the seven churches of Asia believed by most Bible scholars as being the seven church ages throughout history, uh, symbolic of the seven church ages throughout history, finishing up with the last church age, the church age that we're in right now. Here's what it says. Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, it says, and unto the angel of the church, angel is translated pastor of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things saith the amen, the faithful, the true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's pretty strong right there. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, isn't that a powerful outpouring of what God is saying here? The word spew in that passage of Scripture, comes from the Greek word where we get our word vomit, same word. So what the Lord is saying is if you're lukewarm, it makes God sick. It makes him want to throw up, makes him want to vomit. Are we making God sick with the lukewarm, lethargic, apathetical, indifferent attitude that is so prevalent in so many of our churches today? I believe we are. You say, well, Brother Todd, I'm not lukewarm. Thank God if you're not. But I think it's fair and important for us to take a spiritual examination this morning. It's a multiple choice question. Your three choices are hot, cold, and lukewarm. Is that fair? What about your daily prayer life and devotion time right now, each day? Would you say that it's hot, cold, or lukewarm? What about your soul winner's fire? Is it hot, cold, or lukewarm? What about your church attendance? Is it hot, cold, or lukewarm? What about your giving and your tithing? Is it hot? Is it cold or is it lukewarm? What about the way that you worship God? Is it hot, is it cold, or is it lukewarm? Some of you sitting here would be able to say, Brother Todd, I'm hot and on fire in all of those areas. Thank God if you can say that. Some of you sitting here would have to say, Brother Todd, I'm cold in one or more of those areas in my life. But I would venture to say this morning as I stand here that about 75 to 80% of you sitting here would have to say, Brother Todd, I'm lukewarm in one or more of those areas. I'm not really hot in my daily prayer life and devotion time in God's Word, but I'm not cold. I, I'm just lukewarm. I'm not really hot a soul winner, but I'm not cold. I'm lukewarm with my busy work schedule and with school and all of the things that I've got going on with my family. I, I, I'm not really hot in my church attendance, uh, but I'm not cold. I'm lukewarm. In Matthew 25, there were 10 virgins. What is a virgin? A good girl. All 10 of them were good girls, right? But all 10 of them weren't saved. Only five of those virgins had their lamps trimmed and bright with the oil, which is symbolic of the Spirit of God. What about you? Would you say that you are hot, cold, or lukewarm? Jesus is ready to come.
2: First Thessalonians four sixteen and 17 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be called up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. As we enter into this new year, why not be absolutely sure that you are saved and your sins are forgiven? Let me encourage you to ask the Lord Jesus into your heart and life today. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that if we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. Now that you have received this timely truth, I want to encourage you to go to the store on our website at RevivalFires.org and order for your friends and family our special CD-DVD combo of the complete unedited version of this powerfully anointed message, What Will You Do If You Are Left Behind? This just may be the gift that changes someone's eternity. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's broadcast. We would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Happy New Year from Revival Fires International
1: has been as close as we are right now. He said in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, he said, I will come again. Say those four words with me. I will come again and receive unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. You've been listening
0: to the Revival Fires Radio Broadcast with Dr. Tim Todd. Revival Fires International is a dynamic ministry fanning the flames of revival across America and around the world through revival services, evangelistic crusades, providing more than 300,000 Bibles for our troops defending America in the war on terror. GIVING MORE THAN 2.5 MILLION TRUTH FOR YOUTH BIBLES TO AMERICA'S YOUNG PEOPLE. PROVIDING 1 MILLION BIBLES FOR THE PEOPLE OF CUBA THAT HAVE NEVER HAD A BIBLE. PROVIDING MORE THAN 1 MILLION BIBLES FOR RUSSIAN SOLDIERS AND MORE THAN 2.5 MILLION BIBLES FOR RUSSIAN YOUNG PEOPLE. TELEVISION AND RADIO MINISTRY AND INTERNET EVANGELISM to receive a CD-DVD combo of today's message, or to view Dr. Tim Todd's ministry itinerary, or to become a monthly flame partner, or give a one-time tax-deductible financial gift to Revival Fires to help us continue the vitally important work that God is doing through Revival Fires International. You may go to RevivalFires.org or write to us at Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Our address again is Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Until our next program, thank you for praying for us. And thank you for helping us take the whole gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes.